Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome to another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Joining me today is a special buddy. You've seen him in Erie's 40 Under 40. You've seen him if you've been around the Erie area. My buddy, Chris Norris. How are you doing today? Well, I am re-energized and excited to talk to you after that rousing introduction, Nick. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a buddy on BuddyCast. We're always, I love learning about people who follow their dreams, start their own company, and aren't looking back, aren't afraid to just charge on it head on. Well, you've had some pretty amazing people on your show, a lot of, a lot of great buddies, so I'm honored to be uh, in that conversation. Mm-hmm. We're just as honored to have you. So, Chris... First off, congratulations on being under, on Erie's 40 Under 40. How much does that honor mean to you? I appreciate it, Nick, and, and kudos to you as well, man. You were uh, the same class, so it was, uh, it was cool to see you there, and congrats to you as well. Um, it means uh, – it, it's a great honor because I, I every year I look at that list and I'm more and more amazed at the people that live in Erie, live in this region, that are doing such great work, and – I'm always like uh, encouraged and inspired by them. And I feel like, wow, Erie's headed in the right direction because these these people that make this list every year are leading the way. So to be in that list uh, among those people, people like yourself, Nick, was really humbling. I, To be honest, I never thought I would make that list. I'm not much of a self-promoter. I don't ask people to nominate me for things like this. So it was just an honor to be in the same company this year with the class of 2022, but then also to be on that master list with everybody, I just kind of like a pinch me moment because it's it was pretty cool to be able to um, just have a small voice and a small role in the in the the direction that uh, Erie is moving towards. Brilliant. Have you been getting a lot of feedback from this honor? Yeah, you know, like um, fellow honorees and fellow alumni uh, of the award have reached out and and said congrats. I got a lot of great emails, a lot of great Facebook uh, mentions, people tagging me in, in, in the comments and stuff when they announced the, the list. So yeah, it's been cool for people to, uh, almost like now I'm in like this fraternity almost, if you will, and it's kind of mm-hmm. neat to be. But a lot of those people I already, are, already knew. So it's never like, uh, I never thought that in order to become friends or be connected with some of those folks, I had to be on this list, but it certainly has solidified some of those relationships. Wonderful. Now you're on this list because of all the work you do from being a pastor to having your own company with Revox Social. Could you tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah. So I actually, um, my background is in marketing and actually broadcasting in particular, but I was fortunate enough to be uh, graduating from college. I went to a small liberal arts school down in um, just north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, uh, called Westminster College. And when I graduated from there, I had a degree in broadcasting. I had 
wanted to get involved with sports broadcasting. I wanted to be a major league baseball player, but I realized that dream was not really going to unravel. So I thought, well, I'll get, in, I'll get involved in sports. I can still be a part of major league baseball. So I, that was my path. And I was excited to try to be on like ESPN one day or work with a production team. I spent a season with the Cleveland Indians at the time uh, doing production with them and helping in their broadcast department and their in-game entertainment department. And that was my trajectory at the time. But um, Mark, I guess the way we communicated like broadcasting and social media and all these digital tools were evolving so quickly that I was kind of on the front end of that because I had just graduated college and I, I thought I was going to do this job in TV or radio, but then I saw how everything was changing rapidly. Facebook was brand new. Um, Live streaming this, this, what you're doing right here was a foreign idea. Um, This would not exist back then, obviously. So I guess what I'm saying is I was fortunate enough to be um, entering the work world and, and pursuing a career when things were changing so quick that the options were really endless. So I decided to pursue like digital marketing, particularly social media, um, spent three years working in sports and then moved on to uh, work in higher education for about six and a half years. That's where I really got a grasp on social media uh, because, I mean, I was working with kids that were even younger than me at the time. So uh, tools like Instagram were coming out. Snapchat was brand new. Twitter was becoming popular with college students. So I got to also learn these tools because I had to, because the kids were using them. And when I say kids, I mean, you know, college students at the time were maybe 10 years younger than me, but it forced me to evolve with social media trends. That was huge growth. And then um, learned a lot there. It was time to move on. I thought corporate America maybe was where I would settle, but that was kind of a short lived experience for me. It just wasn't, um, it just wasn't really what I wanted. And I worked for a great company, a fortune 500 company, worked in their digital uh, media department, if you will, more of like, more of like video, uh, animation, graphics, stuff that wasn't really social media, it was more like digital media. I was excited about that, but to be honest, I just got kind of bored in the corporate environment. So I started to conjure up this idea in my head that maybe I would just explore the opportunity of maybe starting my own business or freelancing or starting a side hustle. But that grew really quickly. And I realized, wow, I guess if I want to try to do this, I can, I can, I can jump out of this job and, and try to make this work. And it did, it ended up working. And, um, I was only in that corporate job for about seven, seven months where most people stay in that job for 30 or 40 years. Cause it's a wonderful company. Uh, I didn't, I took a leap of faith and here I am about three and a half years later, growing, meeting new people, uh, getting to just be, uh, doing what I love to do. And, um, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if I call it a dream. I guess it's a dream because I'm, I'm happy and I'm fulfilled. And that's more of what probably people should dream of when they would think about a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been great. And I've really just enjoyed the opportunity to, to grow my business and my business in particular, um, we do social media marketing for different companies, different organizations. We've since um, grown to do also to do video production as well. During the pandemic, a lot of people who had to close their physical locations relied on video to continue to communicate and reach their customers. So I started doing videos for a lot of my clients and realized there was a need there for people. And 
So now we've actually recently changed our name. We're kind of relaunching our, our business to be Revox Media because we are doing more than just social media now. So um, yeah, I get to work with great people. The main goal of what my business does is we're not just your normal marketing agency. We put a big emphasis on stories, telling people stories. I'm, I don't like sleazy marketing tactics or click funnels or, or those kinds of things. I like when I work with a business organization that has people with powerful stories or a CEO that came from nothing, uh, anything that involves good stories that are human, that are real, that are raw. I like to work with those kinds of businesses and using social media, using digital media, share those stories and help these businesses reach people um, online. Brilliant. Who are some of the people, who are some notable people that you work with? Well, one person in particular that you would probably know, because I think I remember you having him on your show a couple of years ago was John Persinger with EDBC. Okay. They were one of my very early clients um, that I, I'm not working with them anymore. They kind of outgrew me, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. But man, working with them initially was awesome. I mean, I was telling their story as it was unraveling with all the amazing transformations they were doing in downtown Erie. Um, another one of my very favorite clients that I do still work with is the Erie city mission. Hmm. Um, talk about like powerful stories. Like those are, they're not selling anything there, but life change, true life change, addiction, recovery, homelessness, um, programs that truly save and change people's lives. So I've really enjoyed working with them for about three years now. Um, man, they're just, that's, that checks all the boxes for me. Uh, another organization I work with locally here is Community Resources for Independence. Um, they work with intellectual disabilities. Um, they work with physical disabilities. They're a great organization, too, that their mission is just to serve people and help people. Um, and I've enjoyed working with them as well. Um, I guess let me think of anyone else that I mean, I have quite a few clients. Um you know, I just started working for the holiday season with Inside the Jelly Jar. They're a toy Ooh. store. Yeah, it's a toy store. So I figured somebody out there can relate to that, especially this time of year. Uh, they're fun, they're great people, um, and obviously not too mad about having to go in there and um, shoot some content with uh, in a toy store. So they've been fun to work with as well. Nice. And you mentioned places like the City Mission, all that. I know you work with the City Mission and Iron Empire to kind of get back to the community. Can you tell our buddies about that and tell, tell them about the importance of giving back to a community that's given you so much? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, in fact, I have, I worked with Iron Empire and the Mission to sell these shirts about, it's been about two years now, actually. Um, kindness is a superpower. Uh, it was right around the pandemic when we everybody was angry at each other and <laughs> So I thought, man, why can't we just remind people that our greatest power is how we treat each other? So I worked with um, RJ Messenger, who's a friend of mine, to come up with these simple shirts uh, and sell them to people. We sold T-shirts, hoodies, um, and all the money that was raised for the, that campaign was given to the mission. And it was awesome because the great thing about the mission in any organization area, there's so many worthy organizations, but they have like very tangible needs. Like they reached out and posted something on their Instagram that said, we need picnic tables for our guests that are staying in our shelter to sit at in the morning, uh, you know, and eat their breakfast outside or to drink coffee or to smoke. And I thought, well, how cool is it to know that I could, I could purchase like something that I'm going to walk by every day when I go to work and see 
people sitting there, men or women, uh, congregating at those picnic tables. So all the money we raised um, was put toward buying, I think, two or three picnic tables. And was it tens of thousands of dollars? No. Uh, but was it enough to meet a need for an organization locally? Yeah. And I think that's really important because it's, I just think we're wired as, as humans, as people to, to give back and to help people. And I'm far from perfect in doing that, but I know that when I do it, there's just something about the way it feels and that makes me feel not like the warm and fuzzy feeling like, Oh, I did my good deed, but more like, I feel like this is how I'm, I'm supposed to feel like how God designed me to feel like it's just so natural. And anybody listening probably knows that whether they volunteer once a year at the shelter or whether they write a check to an organization, there's just something about giving back to people. And I know this sounds like a Hallmark greeting card, but there's just something about giving back to people, helping people that just makes you feel like you're, you're actually doing what you were meant to do because we spend our whole lives kind of trying to figure that out, right? Like what is my purpose? What is my design? And even for a moment when you do help somebody, even if it's just for a short moment, you feel like, Oh my gosh, this, this feels like I'm supposed to be doing this right here. So that's why I feel it's important because I just feel like we are actually created to do that. And when we do it, it it does feel good. It feels right. So um, I wish I could do more of it, to be honest. I do. I, I wish I could do more, but that was a fun collaboration with Iron Empire, and I know the mission appreciated the help we were able to provide. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. It does feel great to give back. Like when we used to do our um, show Buddy Aid to raise money through a virtual entertainment show, you get a night of entertainment while you're in it, while we're entertaining you. Please feel free to give to our cause here. You know, and you get that sense of pride, like, hey, I did it. Not just the like you said, I did a good deed today. Pat myself on the back and walk up, but like that sense of accomplishment, like I could make a difference. I really did something. Do you plan on, do you have any other plans coming up? Maybe blue city, like helping out or anything like that, especially, especially with the holidays too. Yeah. I'd love to do another, um, another t-shirt campaign with RJ. He's, he's, if I'm busy, he's 10 times as busy as me. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I've thought about doing another t-shirt campaign. Um, a year or two ago, we did another one and I was just going, it was just a quick kind of like short one around the holidays. I think it might've been two years ago. And um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with the money. I just thought, let's do it. Cause I actually had a lot of people that said, we want those shirts. And I'm like, you know, I have to, I can't just sell them to you. I have to do it for a cause. So I relaunched the website through Iron Empire and just said, whatever money I get, I will donate to a family in need at the holidays. And I'll work with the mission or I'll work with an organization to figure out who that is. Well, turns out somebody at my wife's school had like a a devastating fire on like Christmas Eve and um, they needed some support. So I was able to use a couple thousand dollars from these silly t-shirts and launch a uh, GoFundMe for that family kind of to kickstart it. And that, you know, small amount on my behalf ended up raising over $10,000 for that family in about 48 hours time during a time of year when people are already strapped for cash, you know, Christmas. So that was awesome. So I would love to do more kind of spontaneous stuff like that, where we're just, you know, let's see what what we can do and who we can help instead of, I think we overthink it, including me. I'm always like, all right, like I got to do all these things before I can launch some kind of a campaign or a fundraiser, but sometimes you just do it and 
you, you'd be surprised that, you know, God puts someone in your life that's like needs the money or needs the support. So, um, yes, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I'd like to revise these t-shirts maybe, uh, redesign them, but that's a conversation I need to have with, with, uh, RJ and Iron Empire because they did such a good job with these that I, I want to work with them again. Brilliant. And you're absolutely right. Once again, number one, you're very motivational. You know, it's all about taking that leap of faith and just doing it, not planning it out like, okay, got to do this, got to do that. Just doing it. Just saying, here's what I'm going to do today. Don't look back, which yeah. was obviously your motivation to start up your company. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of prayer, a lot of petition, a lot of, there was a little more planning in that one just because um, I had a, about a two-year-old son and my wife was like, uh, are you sure? And um, I, I set a goal, like uh, a financial goal. If I had saved up this much money, it would be safe. So yes, there was a little more planning, but yeah, it was, it was essentially like a leap of faith. I remember turning in my resignation and being like, wow, this, some people would think this is kind of a dumb idea, but it turns out I've had a lot more people say what you're saying and say, Hey, that was awesome. We respect you for that. As opposed to people saying, are you crazy? So um, it, it validated that. And it, yeah, you're right. It's, it is a leap of faith, but faith being the key word there. Cause without mm -hmm. it, I don't, you know, we, we would just roam around our lives without any direction. Bingo. You are a man of faith as you are a pastor. Am I correct? Yeah. I like to say part-time, part-time pastor. I, I work, um, I mean, I guess, yeah, it, we're all pastors in some regard. We signed mm -hmm. up, for the, we signed up for that, <laughs> but, uh, yes, I am employed part-time at McLean church uh, in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been involved with that church since I moved to Erie in 2009 and, uh, different in different roles. I remember 2012 or 2013, they asked if I wanted to be like a, uh, an assistant to the pastor, which meant like Sundays, uh, like I would just be more of like a facilities person, open the building, close the building, um, go up on the stage every now and then and lead communion. Um, one time I got kind of thrown into uh, doing a baptism because our pastor got sick. So uh, yeah, I've just always been one of those people that are like, I just want to help. However, I have uh, master of none, but good at many things. You know, one of those things, like a Swiss army knife, if you will. And just kind of throw myself out there and say, how, you know, how can I help you? How can I help the church? I can do all kinds of different things, but what do you want me to do? So anyway, that was what I've been doing up until about five years ago. Then our main pastor said to me, Hey, I think we should start an online service. Like, everybody's live streaming their services and everybody's kind of doing this online thing now. What does that look like? And I'm like, wow, um, I, I can research it and I can figure out what that looks like in, in our world. And at the time it was really a foreign concept. Again, this was three years before the pandemic. So I know online church nowadays is very normal for many people, but back then I had to really explain to people like what online church even was. So spent about six months planning an online church, what it would look like, how it would work, um, logistics, tech, all that stuff. And once we launched our site in October of 2017, uh, we launched our first online service. They were like, okay, well now you're, you're technically the online pastor now. So I'm like, okay. Uh, so in my role as online pastor, I literally, I mean, I just really oversee the online services every single week. Um, if you tune in, I will be your guy there on camera talking and, and maybe praying and just kind of leading the services. Occasionally, I will speak or deliver the message. Um, I've had the opportunity to speak 
in person at a couple of our physical churches in the region as well, which is always an honor. Um, so yeah, I'm still kind of just doing what they need me to do, but primarily my role is to just make sure there's an online service for people who cannot meet at a physical location. And in a post-pandemic world that we live in, and you know this because you're you you live in this space with your podcast. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, this this is their this is how they get their information. This is how they get their church. This is how they get everything is at home on the computer. So we just want to make sure that we're cultivating that for people because some people might never step into a physical church, especially nowadays. But if we can present the gospel, if we can present some type of a model of church to make people feel like they're in community somehow, that to me is what online church is. It's not just setting up a camera in the back of the of the sanctuary and, and broadcasting the live service. It's more of being intimate and having someone like myself be your, your person. If you are too afraid to go to church and ask someone to pray for you, then maybe you'll hook up with the online pastor and say, I need some prayer. Can we, can we chat? Can you email me? Can we talk on the phone? Whatever. So that's kind of what I do now. I love it. I still believe greatly in the church and um, I'm really proud of my church for moving into this, this kind of new, new era of church. And we, when the pandemic hit, a lot of churches were scrambling to figure out how, if their building was shut down, how they could do church. And mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough that we didn't really ever miss a beat because we were already doing it. So just so proud of my church and our leaders to recognize that calling five years ago and say, you know, we should start doing an online service. And we never thought that that would be like a real long lasting thing because of the pandemic. So Hmm. that's what I do at the church. I love it. I still believe in it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's not really a side job. It is a job. And, um, but it's, it's a different kind of, it's different kind of work, you know, like pastors don't necessarily have like nine to five or, you know, it's just, it's different. You just never know when people are going to email me and tell me they need um, pastoral support or this time of year, especially, uh, financial assistance or prayer requests or whatever. So I love it. It's good. It's great. It's a great opportunity for me to stay connected with my faith and to still, you know, be involved in the church. And you made an excellent point on how things are are changing rapidly today. Like you go back five years or even like seven years and say, Hey, church is going to be streamed today online. People are looking at you like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, how with even with your company, how do you find yourself? You mentioned it earlier, keeping up with all these changes. Like, you know, we could wake up tomorrow and here's a brand new social media thing that's been going around the web that's suddenly becoming popular. How do you find yourself keeping up with those changes? Well, I think it's it's really just immersing yourself in the culture, um, you know, just making sure that you're experimenting and trying some of these platforms. I sat in on a lot of online church services. I even signed up to be an online volunteer at one of the churches just to see like what that even looked like. So I could shape that role for my own um, like volunteers down the road. So just jumping in and kind of immersing yourself in some of those areas. Um, I, I am active on all the social media platforms. Some of them I like more than others. Some of them I understand more than others, but I think they change all the time. So just spending time on them, healthy amounts of time um, on them is good for um, just understanding how people use them. And I mean, you can easily read books and listen to podcasts and read articles and blog posts. But I think just watching how people behave on um, social media is more fascinating sometimes than actually 
you know, reading all the research and the stats about it. Like for instance, and you've been a part of this, just posting silly questions mm-hmm. on Facebook, just silly questions. Um, man, I get more engagement on stuff like that than I do posting the fanciest graphic or the most exciting videos. So that tells me, you know, at the end of the day, social media is still meant to be social. People just want to talk. They want to be heard. They want to voice their opinion. Um, they like nostalgia. I think that's why, you know, we struck gold with posting stuff about Christmas movies because this time of year, everybody's into Christmas movies. So um, I just, I've learned a lot just by trying things out right now. I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to get more acquainted with TikTok and to understand it, um, to use it, because if my client wants to use it, I need to understand at least the basics of how to use it uh, so that my clients can also maybe use it as a tool for their business or organization. Um, so yeah, just immersing yourself in it, listening to podcasts, reading books, and just observing people um, on these platforms to see how they actually interact and behave when they use them. Mm-hmm. And what are some services you could offer said clients right now? Like if you, if someone's watching and is really thinking about investing in your company, what could you offer them today? Well, we do a couple of things. We do social media management, which is a, a bulk of our clients, which are businesses or organizations that don't have a dedicated social media person in-house that need more consistency in their content and more posts, more strategy, maybe even more creativity. Um, and they know that they need to be posting like multiple times per week, but they're too busy or their marketing person is doing a hundred different things. So they need someone that's going to just consistently create social media content for whatever platform and make sure it's pushed out to their followers. That's our management service where we basically take control of your accounts, monitor the content, monitor the comments, monitor the messages. We are your in-house social media manager, if you will. Um, because social media managers are one of the most misunderstood positions uh, in the industry because nobody hires them, bigger companies do, but nobody hires social media managers for 40 hours a week. They could because they could stay busy, but a lot of social media people are also doing like 10 other things. Um, or if you're a small business owner, you're doing accounting and you're doing sales and you're doing the day to day. And oh, also don't forget to post to your social media pages. So those are the kind of people that come to us and just say, We just need someone to run it for us because we don't have the capacity to do it on our own. Some people, though, can do it on their own. They just need a little bit of direction and some strategy and some support. So that's where we do our social media coaching, where we don't post anything for you. We don't even have access to your accounts, really. We just give you tools and resources and direction um, because maybe you have somebody in-house that's doing it that you're like, hey, Chris, will you work with this person and just give them some um, direction, maybe come up with a strategy and a plan that they can implement? That's our coaching services. I I actually really like that because I just naturally like working with people and teaching people. I especially like when they start to do it and it works and they say, hey, we're we're doing it. We're winning. Um, That's kind of cool. Not that I don't like doing it for them, but I'd obviously rather have them do it and have them win. So those are our two social media services, management, coaching. Uh, One of our fastest growing services, though, especially over the last year, has been uh, video content creation. So all these social media platforms now are catering to video. Uh, Obviously, TikTok is huge. Instagram Reels now. Facebook is now doing Reels. YouTube has been around for years, but now they introduce YouTube Shorts. So if we follow the patterns of the industry, all these social networks are saying, 
we want you to make more videos. Like Instagram is now basically straight up saying, eh, forget the high-end photography, just post videos. So people need to make videos and people can make videos with their smartphones for sure. In fact, I would encourage them to use their phones to make videos. But sometimes you just need something more polished, more professional. Maybe you want to put something on television for a TV ad or you want to run a Facebook ad with something more polished, professional, and well done, not just like a, a cell phone video that might be a little shaky or a little blurry. Um, that's where we come in. So we've done everything from long form, like testimonial videos for companies where they, you know, they give us these amazing stories like the city mission. We've interviewed several of their um, folks that have gone through the programs there, addiction recovery programs, for instance, and we get to tell their story, which is amazing. Um, and we also just do simple 30 second TV commercials that can be recycled and reused for social media, for email newsletters, or for a website homepage video. Um, we just did a Christmas commercial for a client recently. We're doing a commercial right now for another client um, that's going to air on television. So video is huge as well. So it's it's a variety of video content. We'll do just about anything. We've done corporate like explainer videos, which aren't as exciting, but still sometimes people just need something basic for you know corporate corporate America. So we'll do all kinds of different video projects as well. So social media, video, and then we also just do some general sort of miscellaneous marketing. Marketing is such a broad term. Uh, it covers so many different things that it never fails. I, I'll tell someone, oh, we do social media and video. And they'll say, well, but we need help with our email campaigns. So I'm like, oh, okay, we can, we can help with that. That's not our, like necessarily our, our cup of tea, but we know how to do email. We, we do email at Revox. Like wow, we have a, a great email newsletter. We send out every month so we can help people with certain aspects of their marketing from website development to email as well. That kind of falls under miscellaneous services. So we're open to any ideas, anything that you need help with. Uh, but our, our main services are social media and video. Wonderful. What about a service like StreamYard, like live streams, like StreamYard or anything yeah. like that? you th given any thought to that? Actually, I have. In, in fact, I love StreamYard. Um, we do have one client we're working with that they wanted to start doing LinkedIn Lives. And um, I went on LinkedIn's website and realized that you couldn't just go live on LinkedIn. You had to use a, a third-party tool. One of them was StreamYard. So I started to play around with StreamYard. And lo and behold, it's a great, I mean, it's a great tool. I love it. It's very easy to use. I mean, you're producing a, a, a show from your, your recliner there, you know, like mm -hmm. it's powerful what you can do with this thing. So we help this client in particular do something similar to what you do here. It's just, uh, they send it straight to LinkedIn. It's a different, different audience, different kind of, um, uh, message and different information, but their audience is mostly on LinkedIn. So they wanted us to, um, you know, use that, uh, tool for their, for their audience. So anyway, Yes, I have done that and they like it because they just show up and talk. We're in the back end doing all the things that you're doing right now, Nick, with setting up the show, um, pulling in questions or comments from from um, social media. And I love StreamYard and I would definitely be comfortable bringing on more clients that want to do stuff like this, that want to live stream a multi-person show, um, whether they want. And I love this tool because they can send it to LinkedIn. They can send it to YouTube. They can stream it to Facebook. Like it's just a matter of checking boxes. So it's really awesome. It is a fantastic program and it's easy to learn too. It's, you just have to dabble. It's one of those programs you have to dabble in it. 
You have to just play around with it in order to learn it. Because once you do that, you're like, I can do this now. Oh, wait, wait, if I can do this, then I can incorporate this, this, and this. Yes. Then, because that's what gave me the idea for BuddyCast. If I can have people engaging, if I can talk from, you know, we're in two separate areas right now. We're same city, same area, but two separate, you know, households, two separate, completely different buildings. We're chatting yeah. as if though we're right next to each other. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And I, I love that you have I, your, your opening video. I was like, oh, cool. He has, I know how to do that. I haven't done that yet, but I, I know how that works. So I was like, this is really a, a great tool and you're using it as it's intended to be used. Mm-hmm. So buddy, I got two more questions for you. The first one is brought to us by my buddy, Jonas Kane at hashtag positivity. He wants to know in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? <laughs> I think what it means to be someone's buddy is to just make sure that you show an interest in their life to make time for them. Um, I always say be excessively available to people. Um, and it also just means giving them empathy and, and grace. Uh, you know, sometimes people mess up. Sometimes people uh, disappoint you. We're all human. We will all let somebody down at some point in our lives. Um, but buddies lift each other up and I think that they, they show grace because buddies will mess up too and we'll let each other down and it's okay. I think a good buddy says, that's all right. Hey, you know, dust yourself off. I get it. We'll do better next time. So mm-hmm. yeah, be available, take an interest because buddies come in all shapes and sizes and different interests. You know, if all my buddies loved baseball and social media, I probably wouldn't have too many buddies. So taking an interest in all kinds of different buddies, um, making yourself available to those buddies and also just being empathetic and understanding to, to all the buddies as well. So Mm -hmm. nobody is perfect, but everybody has the power to be a buddy. Love it. Love it. And the final question I have for you tonight is what's called the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this? I think so. Yes. So you've, You've shown it, you've proven it, that you did, you know, you went off and started your own company, did a completely off of faith, trust, hope. You had a plan and everything like that. But what is your advice to all those people out there that want to do what you do? You know, they they have this dream. They want to start this company. They want to do something different with their life, a career change, but they're just, they're stuck. They don't know where to go next. They don't know what's, what's the first step. They don't know anything like that. What's your advice to them? I think coming from someone who doesn't necessarily have an enormous amount of um, confidence or um, I don't want to say this self-trust, like I second guess myself a lot. However, the biggest thing I have learned in the past three and a half years is that I am worth taking a risk on. If nobody else will take a risk on me, which I think a lot of people actually would, I would be in denial and say, why would you take a risk on me? I think we all owe it to ourselves to take a risk on ourselves, um, to, to take a leap of faith, to try to start the business, to try to, you know, start a family, whatever it is, like we deserve the opportunity to take a risk on ourselves because we'd be surprised at how many people probably in our circle would take a risk on, on us. Like I probably have more people that I don't even realize that would say, yeah, we would hire you or invest in you or, Um, just trust you to do this job. I continue to be amazed by how many people work with me or are willing to let me be their voice through, through their marketing. And I'm like, wow, like they invest in me. They trust in me. I think I can also do that for myself. Um, So I would say just 
just believe in yourself take a risk on yourself um, because you deserve it. Like we all get one life and I wouldn't want the end of my life to come and to be like, man, I didn't, I didn't take a risk on myself. Like I owed it to myself to do that. I work so hard. I try to help other people, but what about like myself? I, I should have done that thing I always wanted to do. Um, and we all have like, I always tell people this too. Like we have so much time, um, to work. Uh, I, I, I still probably have 30 years left of, of working. Right. So I don't know if this is what I'll do the rest of my life, but like right now I'm enjoying it. And I think we should really just embrace that season, whether it's a season of struggle or uncertainty, because it's not going to be that way forever. Like seasons change. Um, our lives change. Like tomorrow could be the end. Right. We just never know. So like, just realize that there's still actually a lot of time left and, do what you want to do when you have the chance to do it. And if it doesn't work, you've got so many more opportunities to take another, another at bat. And like I said, if this isn't what I do the rest of my life, I now know that I'll never fall flat on my face because somebody else, another buddy, if you will, will pick me up and say, Hey, I'm ready to take a a chance on you. And I'll say really on me, but I'm a failure. And they're like, no, you're not dude, you know, you're not a failure to us. So come work for us or let us invest in your company or let us help you get your dream off the ground. So just believe that people are still good and that you're good enough to do what you want to do. And, um, just live like in the moment. I think we get caught up in like planning for the 10, 15 year plan. And it's like, I don't want to think that far ahead. I'm just going to enjoy where I'm at right now. Um, my, my family, my kids are growing fast. Like, this stuff goes so quick. Um, so just live in the moment, even if it's not an easy moment, because owning a business is not always easy. And sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? But I also am trying to like learn to embrace the struggle as well, because someday maybe I will be sitting back in corporate America at a cushy job being like, wow, this is pretty easy. At least I can look back and be like, yeah, but Chris, you had your struggles. You had your successes. You took a risk on yourself. So you can now relax and know that you've done all the things you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, or better yet, you could be sitting in that top office, seeing everything that you just built from the ground up, and just saying, "This is the easy part. The hard part's over." That's true. That's mm-hmm. very true. That's very true. Yes, I. That's hard to even envision, but like, I try not to think too much. I know a lot of people are more like the the dreamers and the visionaries. Mm-hmm. I just like to go day by day. And if I, you know, get an email from a happy client or I meet a deadline, I'm like, yes, I'm on top of the world today. Let's see what tomorrow brings, you know? And um, I feel like when I, that has worked for me because that has just naturally built momentum for me and, and built some success and forged some great relationships and friendships without having to have like a real strict five, 10 year plan for my life. I just kind of take it day by day. Cause unfortunately you probably can relate. I've seen too many people who have these amazing plans and have all this stuff in place. And then, um, they, something happens that changes all that. And now they're stuck in the moment that they can't appreciate because the 10 year plan is not going to play out the way they wanted it to. So Mm -hmm. it's all about having plan B and plan C right behind. So that way plan A doesn't work out. But most people, you're right, put those, put all their chips on plan A and go, it's going to work, it's going to do. And then that one detail comes through, just like you said, and it's what's going on now, you know, like what now? So so I hope that helps, you know, I hope Absolutely. that inspires some people. I know it's kind of a roundabout answer, but I think it's just 
a matter of believing in yourself and just trusting the process and trying to appreciate each season because we're always like on to the next thing. Like, okay, now I got the job. How do I make six figures? Now that I make six figures, how do I make seven? And it's always like thinking about the next thing. Cause I think that's what our culture tells us we're supposed to do. But what if we just appreciated each, each day and each challenge that comes with it. So. Love it. Well, buddy, thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. If you have one more minute, stick around after the show. We'll chat for a minute. Of course. But Thanks for having me. Thank you for being a buddy on BuddyCast. I have one favor to ask you before yes. we close out this episode. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, please go be someone's buddy. Will do. That is a challenge accepted. Awesome. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Chris. Please. Check out his business. See how he can help you today. I'm your host, Nick Swanson. Thank you for joining us on another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Go be someone's buddy. We'll catch you all next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.